Amen. Amen. Boy, I'm glad to be here. How about you? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's, let's uh, turn our Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 2. And we're going to be looking at a particular passage starting in verse 41. Uh, but we've been looking at this topic, the emotions of Christmas. And today's the last uh, s- s- message in that series. And today's emotion of Christmas that we're looking at is appropriately relief. Amen? Well, for some, specifically children, when Christmas is over, when the last gift has been unwrapped, when the last surprise has been seen, when the day after Christmas comes, there is a sadness, a sense of we have to wait a whole year until we get to do this all over again. But for other people, mostly adults, when Christmas is over, when the last gift has been unwrapped and we didn't forget anybody, when the last bill arrives and we have enough to pay it, when the day after Christmas comes, there is a sense of relief. And we lay in our lazy boy recliners with a sense of that at least we have a whole year before we have to do this again. (laughs) You know? Now, whichever camp you may fall into, whether you are saddened that it's over or if there is a profound relief or you're somewhere in between, during this whole season, hopefully, uh, you were able to stay focused on the real reason for the season. And that, of course, is Jesus Christ. But now that it is over for 2015, as we move through the new year, the challenge for us is may we not lose sight of Jesus. You see, Christmas as well as Easter have a way of directing our attention toward Jesus Christ and that he came for us. But then throughout the rest of the year, there is this tendency to lose sight of him. And so today I want us to look at a a few different passages of scripture where there were those who at least who lost sight of Jesus or who could not see him clearly and how that can so easily happen and apply to us as well. But then also we'll see how to fix that, how to correct that. And we're going to start with Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 50. But there will be other passages that I want to touch on today uh, as it's going to be more of a topical message than a more going from one passage the whole time. So nevertheless, I would, would invite you, if you're able to this morning, to stand in reverence and honor to the Word of God as I read for you uh, Luke chapter 2, going verses 41 through 50. The Bible says, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him according among their relatives and acquaintances. And so when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. And now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And so when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the reading of the word this morning, and we pray that you would speak to our hearts as we, as we walk through this, as well as other passages this morning, Lord, as we remember that Christmas is all about you and that you would help us not to lose sight of you, even though we're relieved in certain ways. But Father, we pray 
uh, that you would have your way in every heart. For those here today that don't know you as Lord and Savior, we pray that this would be the hour of salvation. Those of us who do know you, Father, may this be a time where you call us to yourself, where we may be convicted, where we need to be convicted. Lord, we need to be called out and to be obedient to you in some area of our lives. So, Father, maybe it's a time where we just need to be encouraged or comforted. But whatever the case may be, Father, may you have your way and that nothing hinder your spirit from moving in our hearts and lives, Lord. And we just give this time to you. We yield it to you, Lord. And I pray, Father, that the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, in our emotion of relief at Christmas, let us not lose sight of Jesus. And the first point is in busyness. You see the outline in your bulletin. And we see here that we must not lose sight of Jesus in busyness. Maybe Christmas has left you being more busy than before. Now the gifts maybe need to be returned or exchanged You need to get caught up with your honeydew list before you go back to work. Decorations now will need to be coming down and stored away. But whatever the case, whether it's now or throughout the whole new year, there is this potential to lose sight of Jesus because of our busyness. In our passage of scripture that we just read, we see that when Jesus was 12... His mother and Joseph, who were faithful to keep the law and were fulfilling God's obligations, earlier in chapter 2, you find that Mary and Joseph had done everything for Jesus as required by God's law. And now we see that they have attended the Jewish feast of the Passover in Jerusalem, that which they did every year according to the Scripture. But as they finished up with their religious obligations and they left Jerusalem... They also left Jesus behind, and they lost sight of him. Now, they were probably uh, absorbed in the preparations for the journey. Uh, They also uh, probably were busy with all that needed to be done to get on their way for this day's journey that was back to where their home was. And understand, before we're too hard on Mary and Joseph, because we can't imagine us leaving a child behind... But uh, it was not unusual in that day for children to have been with another group of family members who were traveling with them. So there would have been this assumption that Jesus was traveling along, likely with other relatives or friends. But what we know here from this passage of Scripture is that he wasn't, that he was in the temple in, the, in his father's house about his father's business, as some translations have it as well. When Mary and Joseph realized that he was missing, however, they came back about a day's journey and they found him, but for a while they had lost sight of Jesus. Now, what caused that? <clears throat> what caused them to lose sight of Jesus? What caused them to take their eyes off of Jesus? It was their busyness. The routines that needed to be done, the preparations and the moving on to the next thing, taking for granted that Jesus was close by. And when we hear that, we have to ask ourselves, isn't this so like us today? We are so busy with so many things in life. 
We are choked almost with the hustle and the bustle that all too often causes us to take our eyes off of Jesus. We, we today have our smartphones, we have our Google calendars, we have our events to plan, our games to attend, our work at work and our work at home and all the other things that need to be done. Even at church, we will come and we will do all of our obligations, we will follow our schedules and then we will head home and we will leave Jesus behind. I don't know about you, but does that not strike a chord in our hearts? Even even in our serving in the church sometimes, we lose sight of Jesus. We we do our programs. We look backward on our calendars to see what we did last year. We make all of our preparations. We rush to get things done. We prepare our messages. We prepare our Bible study. We prepare our lessons. And even here, we can lose sight of Jesus. We take our eyes off of him and we're focusing on the, the mundane things that have to be done that keep us busy. We're like Mary and Joseph in our scripture, for we take for granted that Jesus is close by. But too often, friends, I'm afraid that we lose sight of Jesus. And when we do, we feel lost. We forget our purpose and we lose the proper perspective of life. Listen, this morning we need to be committed not to lose sight of Jesus. No matter how busy we are, no matter how busy we become, but the truth is, is that we are all, I include myself here, we are all guilty of losing sight of Jesus, even in our busyness. So how do we correct that? How do we begin to fix our eyes on Jesus again? Well, the way to do that is to do what Mary and Joseph did In verse 45, it tells us here, So when they did not find him, when they did not find Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. We need to do what Mary and Joseph did, and we need to go after Jesus. When we lose sight of Jesus, we need to go after him. As a matter of fact, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, it tells us that you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Friends, let me just ask you this morning, how about you? Do you want to fix your proper perspective? Do you want to return to focusing on him and desiring his presence in your life? Are you tired of just going through the motions? You know, friends, it's so easy for us to do that, isn't it? Well, we can just go through the motions of life and really miss the relationship with Jesus. Let's not lose sight of him. Let's not miss out on him, but let us seek him and search for him with all of our heart. Friends, there's no sweeter joy than to spend time with him and to be in his presence. And may we not become so busy in life or even so busy in our serving that we lose sight of Jesus. So let us go after him and seek him and search for him with all of our heart. Y'all with me this morning? Amen.
So we need to not lose sight of Jesus in our busyness, but also we need to not lose sight Jesus of Jesus in burdens. Second point, in burdens. You see, it's possible that over the Christmas holiday, you have walked away relieved it's over, but with a great burden. Maybe something was said. Maybe something was done with the family that caused you to not enjoy this Christmas. Maybe it was a sense of loss. Maybe it was the traditions didn't go quite as you had hoped they would. The things didn't go quite as planned. Whatever the case may be, there are always, always, always storms in life that come up suddenly and we're burdened with life. So let's see that even in our burdens, we must not lose sight of Jesus because it's possible that even when we're burdened with things that we can lose sight of him. And Mark chapter 4, there's another story of some folks who lost sight of Jesus. In verse 35 and following, Mark 4 says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, this is Jesus, said to them, the disciples, Let us cross over to the other side. And now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it's already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And then he arose, he rebuked the wind, he said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey them? So here we see the disciples are in a boat crossing over to the other side when this great windstorm comes up. And as this great windstorm comes up, it is a storm like no another. And they are, Jesus is there in the boat asleep, but they are afraid. And if fishermen who are experienced fishermen are afraid, it is a storm, okay? It is something happening here. And so they are afraid, and so they go, and they wake up Jesus, and they say to Jesus, Jesus, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They, Jesus is in the boat with them, and they're concerned that they're going to perish. They had lost sight of Jesus, hadn't they? They had lost sight of Jesus in the midst of the storm. They were afraid of what was happening and what might happen. They were afraid of what they were seeing and what they could not see as well. But Jesus got up and he calmed the storm and then said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So they were afraid in the storms and their faith wavered at the thought that they would pass safely through. You know, that's so like us sometimes too, isn't it? Isn't that like us? In the storms of our lives, in the storms when we have burdens that burden us, we very easily can lose sight of Jesus where we will, we will worry and we will fret and we will moan and we will murmur and we will complain when in reality we should simply trust. Amen? We should trust. We're often fearful of those things which we do not see and the things which we do see. We're afraid of what is happening and what might happen. And we lose sight of Jesus. We take our eyes off of him. And so how do we correct that? How do we get our eyes fixed back on Jesus, even in the burdens of life? And we see it right here in this passage of Scripture. Three real quick things. And one is that they, we need to do what happened here with these disciples. We must acknowledge his presence, his power, and his promise. 
When the storms of life come upon us, and surely they will come, we must recognize that we are not alone. We must acknowledge that Jesus is with us. We acknowledge his presence because Jesus is in the boat with us. He has not saved us and then set us out there to to maneuver these storms of life by ourselves, amen? But rather, Jesus is in the boat with us. It tells us there in verse 38 that he was in the stern, asleep on the pillow, and they woke him up. So we know that Jesus was with them, and friends, we know that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So in the storms of life, keeping our eyes fixed upon him, we acknowledge that he is there with us. But not only that, but we acknowledge his his, uh, presence, but we need to acknowledge his power, This Jesus has supernatural power and authority. In verse 39, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now you try that. (laughs) What's that going to get you? Not going to get you very far, is it? But Jesus spoke to the wind And it obeyed him, and also the sea became calm. So you know that if if you've ever been in a storm, if you've been out at the beach and seen a storm come up, you know how the waves will whip and they will turn and all kinds of things. And then after Jesus speaks, it all calms down. Can you imagine being one of those disciples and witnessing this as Jesus says, Peace be still, be quiet, wind, and everything settles. You see, we need to acknowledge the presence of Jesus with us, but we also need to acknowledge that he is all-powerful. He is so powerful, he is even, even able to make the winds stop and the sea calm. Friends, let me tell you something. This is the same Lord that we serve. He is, the, he is still the all-powerful God. There is nothing too difficult for Jesus. Nothing. And so we need to acknowledge his presence, his power, but also we need to acknowledge, as we have the burdens of life, acknowledge his promise. In verse 35, he gave them a promise. He said, on, it tells us there in that verse, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, he said to the disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Jesus had told them at the beginning of this departure from the land to go across the sea, let us cross over to the other side. He did not say to the disciples, let's go to the middle of the sea and be drowned. He said, let us go to the other side. And so friends, why let the storms of life burden us? Why let them cause us to lose sight of Jesus? For we have the promise of God to make it through to the other side. And in the meantime, he will be there for us. Does that resonate with you all this morning? To know that our Savior loves us, that he's with us in the boat. He'll never leave us nor forsake us, that he has all powerful, all power, and he is able to, and he has given us a promise that we're going to make it to the other side. He said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What a promise. Will you trust him and keep your eyes on him and the burdens of life? Let us not lose sight of Jesus in our busyness. Let us not lose sight of Jesus in our burdens. And then there's a third one. Let us not lose sight of Jesus in our being weary. In being weary. <clears throat> there's a, maybe Christmas has left you exhausted. 
I don't know about you, but there's a couch at my house with my name on it for this afternoon. I can see it now. There's a pillow there. There's a blanket draped across it, and it's just calling, Joey, Joey, Joey. And I'm going to heed the call, friends, I'm just telling you. I will be there this afternoon, Lord willing. And maybe you're in that same boat where you are finding yourself needing to rest Even if it's been a break for you, sometimes I find that if I've been on a break, I need a rest after I break. (laughs) But there is relief in that. And so that we can breathe from all of our activities, but you're tired, you just want to rest sometimes. While some rest is certainly good, too often we may take it too far. And in taking it too far, we also lose sight of Jesus. There's another passage of scripture of some disciples. Again, you'll recognize the passage in Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46. Toward the latter part of Jesus being here on the earth, Jesus came with the disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then a second time he went away and he prayed saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And then he came... And he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them, and he went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. And then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So Jesus had called these disciples to watch with him while he prayed. But what he finds them doing, not once, not twice, but three times, is that they are sleeping after he has asked them to watch and pray. Their eyes are no longer on Jesus. They lost sight of Jesus because they had grown tired and weary. You know how that can be like us too. All too often, because of our busyness, or because of our burdens, we can grow tired of following Jesus or we grow weary in doing what God has called us to do and we lose sight of Jesus and take our eyes off of him. So how do we correct that? How do we get our eyes back on Jesus? In verse 41, Jesus says to the disciples, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation for the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He says, watch and pray. In other words, friends, here's what we need to do so that we don't lose sight of Jesus. We need to wake up, and we need to be alert, and we need to be about the Lord's business. In Romans 13, verses 11 and 12, it says, Paul says this, And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. 
You see, friends, you may be weary, but now is not the time to lose sight of Jesus. You may be tired and you may be weary, but now is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to give in. Now is not the time to grow weary. There is much that needs to be done for the kingdom because Jesus Christ is coming and he is coming nearer than what we expect, I believe. God has called us, each of us as his disciples, as his followers, to the task of meeting people where they are and pointing them to Jesus Christ. We need to keep moving forward. Amen? Keep moving forward, knowing that our victory is in Jesus and we must be faithful to him. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 56 through 58, the Bible talks about the the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, he says, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Friends, I don't know what all you do for the kingdom. I don't know what you do in service to the Lord, but let me just encourage you, don't quit. Don't give up. If you're tired, don't give in. If you're weary, don't call it quits. But keep pressing forward. There is yet much to be done for Jesus. Amen. Let us watch and pray. Let us keep moving forward for his glory. Even though there may be relief that Christmas is over this year, let us not lose sight of Jesus in our busyness and our burdens, and and being, being weary. And then fourthly, let us not lose sight of Jesus in blessings. As Christmas has come and gone, maybe we find ourselves relieved that it's over, but also we walk away uh, feeling abundantly blessed. Maybe these blessings are the feeling of satisfaction, that of uh, being with family and friends that went very well. Maybe you had a surprise like we did where our grandbabies got to spend the night with us Christmas Eve and be with us Christmas morning. I mean to tell you, what a blessing, amen? (laughs) Maybe it's the blessing of good health. You stayed healthy during the holiday. Maybe it's the safe travels. You were blessed with the travels. Whatever the case may be, even in the abundant blessings of life, oftentimes we find that even as we're blessed, we can lose sight of Jesus. So let's look at one more passage of Scripture. There was a young man who seemed to have it all together. It was the story of the rich young ruler. In Mark 10, verse 17 through 22, now as he, Jesus, was going out on the road, one one came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and he went away sorrowful, because he had great possessions. Mm. This fellow was abundantly blessed according to the world's standards. In the parallel passage of Luke 18 and Matthew 19, 
we see that he was a young ruler. So that meant that he had the blessing of youth. He had the blessing of authority. He had the blessing of wealth. And since he had also kept the commandments, he also had the blessing of good behavior. He was a good Jew. And so he likely had the blessing of a good reputation and good popularity among people. But Jesus recognizes that this rich young ruler is missing something. And what is it that he could possibly be missing? What is it that this rich young ruler who has all the blessings that that people would desire, youth and and authority and wealth, money and, and a good reputation, what could he possibly be missing? And that is simply he is missing a personal relationship of following Jesus. And so Jesus calls him out on it, and, and he tells him to sell what he has and to give to the poor, and his treasure will be in heaven. So come take up the cross and follow him, Jesus says. But at this word from Jesus, the rich young ruler went away sorrowful. In verse 22, again, it says that he was sad at his word, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He had lost sight of Jesus because of his blessings, it would seem that it was not so much that he had blessings as it was that the blessings had him. But, oh, friends, how we can be just like this too. Because of our prosperity, too often we feel like we can handle everything on our own. Because we are prosperous and blessed, we feel like we can rely on ourselves, and we follow our desires, and we go after our own way. And as we do that, we lose sight of Jesus. Ouch, that hurts, doesn't it? But we know it's true. When we are so blessed and we feel like we can do things on our own, Jesus then is no longer our priority. He is no longer our guide. He is no longer our satisfaction. But rather, he becomes our go-to deity when we aren't getting our way, when we are uncomfortable, or when there is an emergency. But other than these things, we feel like we got it, No need to bother the Lord with this. I can handle it. You see, friends, our prosperity often causes us to lose sight of Jesus. So how do we correct that? How do we correct that? How do we get our eyes back on Jesus if our blessings have caused us to lose sight of him? Let's see what Jesus said again in verse 21. Jesus, looking at this rich young ruler, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. So Jesus was basically saying to this rich young ruler, Sell everything and follow me. Okay, pastor, I'm not sure I like where this is going. Oh, well, let me just help you out here, okay? So does that mean that you need to sell it all and give it all away? Not unless you feel led of the Lord to do that. But rather, there's a principle here. You are to sell all that you are, 
sell all that's important to you, sell it all out to him. Basically, what he's saying is that you need to, you need to be sold out to Jesus and let him have all of you so that nothing else has priority over him, so that nothing else has preeminence in your life, but it's all about Jesus in every area of your life. In Romans 12, verse 1, Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then in Luke 14, we see that Jesus says, So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. We need to forsake all that's important to us, that is for us, in order that we may give it all to Jesus. Give all of who we are to him. Let him have complete control. Let him be our priority. Let him be first in all things. So let me just ask you this morning. What is your focus in life? What's your focus? If it's not Jesus, it's the wrong focus. That's pretty simple, isn't it? If your focus in life is anything but Jesus, it's the wrong focus. On day six of the ill-fated mission of Apollo 13, the astronauts needed to make a critical course correction. And if they failed, they might never return to Earth. To conserve power, they shut down the onboard computer that steered the craft. And yet the astronauts needed to conduct a 39-second burn of the main engines. How do they steer it? Astronaut Jim Lovell determined that if they could keep a fixed point in space in view, through their tiny window, they could steer the craft manually. That focal point for them turned out to be their destination, Earth. As shown in the 1995 hit movie, Apollo 13, for 39 agonizing seconds, Lovell focused on keeping the earth in view. By not losing sight of that reference point, the three astronauts avoided disaster. And friends, listen. Scripture reminds us that to finish your life mission successfully, we must fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Let him be our focus and let us not lose sight of Jesus individually and as a church. Let us never lose sight of Jesus in our busyness, in our burdens, in our being weary, or in our blessings. It's so easy to look at the things around us and lose sight of Jesus. Let's never lose sight of him. Do you know him? Do you know this Jesus? It's a simple step of faith to come to know Jesus. Sinners turning while embracing and professing. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners 
in need of a Savior. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that we need to turn from our sin and turn to him. The Bible says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And we need to embrace believing with all of our heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that he's the son of God who died on the cross for us and rose again bodily from the grave. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so as we acknowledge we're sinners in need of a savior, we're turning from our sin, we're turning to Jesus, we believe with all of our heart that he is who he says he is, we profess him as the Lord and savior of our lives. We say yes to him. It's a step of faith. The Bible says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you happen to miss that step, it's now in the bulletin where you can see how to walk through those steps, that step, rather, of faith. But if you already know the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, Christian, let me just challenge you with these questions. Has your busyness caused you to lose sight of Jesus? If so, search for him and seek him with all of your heart and desire his presence in your life. Has your burden caused you to lose sight of Jesus? The storms of life have just been hounding you recently. There's been some trouble. There's some difficulty. There's some loss. Something has happened. Don't lose sight of Jesus, but rather acknowledge that he is with you, that he is all-powerful, and he promises to carry you through. Maybe you hear and just the the being weary. I'm tired. I'm exhausted from all the things that I have done, and it's causing us to lose sight of Jesus. Friends, listen. Watch and pray and keep moving forward in victory, and the Lord will strengthen your hands and your feet and your heart. And maybe it's because you're so blessed abundantly that even in your blessings, it's caused you to focus on you and what you have or what has happened, and you've lost sight of Jesus. Listen to the Lord and sell it all out to Him. Sell out to Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm all in. And give him all of you and walk with him. You will never be more blessed than to be the, have the blessing of walking with Jesus. Wherever you are today, friend, as we come to our invitation, recommit your life to the Lord or come and give your heart to Jesus. In just a moment as we stand and sing together, let's pray. Father. We pray that as we come to this invitation that you would have your way in our hearts and lives. Lord, to just be faithful to you as you have dealt with our hearts that we would not ever lose sight of you no matter what we're facing in life. And so, Lord, we pray that as we come to this invitation that, Lord, we'd be honest before you. The areas in our lives where we just have not followed through, if we're not where we need to be in our walk with you, if we need to rekindle that passion for you. Lord, whatever it is that you're dealing with us about, maybe it's a surrender of some issue. Maybe it's just to say, I just need you to pray, Pastor, or or whatever it may be. Maybe if there are those who don't know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, may you have your way this morning that we would come and just pray. Give it all to you, being sold out to you, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd have your way as we come to this time of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.